Hello once again and welcome to Longevity Now, the place for all your news and views of life extension from around the world. Do you get the feeling that progress toward biological rejuvenation is slow? I do. After more than 15 years of advocating for more research and more funding, I sometimes feel exasperated. Then I talked with David Goebel of the Methuselah Foundation. Maybe we are at a turning point. You won't believe all of the significant investments Methuselah has made in the past year. You do not want to miss this podcast. And now I would like to welcome to the Longevity Now podcast, David Goebel, the founder of Methuselah Foundation. Welcome. Thank you very much. Nice to be with you. Well, it seems like things are going quite well at the Methuselah Foundation. However, we all know progress is never really smooth. What were some of the greatest challenges that the organization encountered during the past year? Um, actually, it's been a very, very good year. So the challenges, I guess, are staying on course and not being excited by shiny things along the way. And uh, we have a, our mission is uh, falsifiable, so we have to discipline ourselves to stick with the mission of making 90 the new 50 by 2030. If you unpack that, you'll see that 2030 is not that far away, and if you introduce uh, FDA latencies and uh, trials latencies and those kinds of things, we, we need to get really moving and focus on things in the next uh, three to five years in order to make that date. Yeah, so you would say, though, that fundraising has gone pretty well as you've met your goals and as far as a lot of your initiatives, you're on track to meet uh, each yearly goal. That's uh, what you would define as smooth. So we, keep, we run a very tight ship. Um, we have uh, our new M Fund, which is doing very well. The M Fund is designed to replenish the Methuselah Foundation's uh, coffers so that we can continue to do seed level and company formation level activities. So uh, we were involved in forming Organovo at the outset, and we're the first investor. Uh, and now Oshin Bio, uh, we are we're the first investor. And uh, Lucadia, the Alzheimer's play, we're the first investor, and we're involved in um, helping those companies come into existence. So we're not a typical uh, investor. We don't want to come in after the company has been formed. We want to actually help cause it to become. You mentioned Organovo, uh -huh. one of the first companies that you helped start. Uh, and yep. related to that is, of course, the new Organ Prize, correct? Mm-hmm. And how close is Organovo to creating uh, a replaceable organ? Uh, it, I mean, how I haven't uh, seen uh, recent uh, you know, progress reports. Um, uh, what sure. organ is the closest to being uh, grown in a lab? The liver. The liver. So Organova announced, uh, it's almost a year ago now, that they were on a path to create a clinical patch for the liver. Imagine a patch of liver tissue fully engineered to be the approximate size of a $1 bill and two millimeters thick, <clears throat> which would be uh, attached physiologically to a failing liver with the intention or the uh, goal of 
augmenting that liver's functionality to either allow it enough head space, functional head space, to heal itself since the liver can auto-regenerate if it's got enough, uh, let's call it, oomph behind it, or failing that, uh, give the patient extra time while waiting for a full transplant liver. So that activity was announced about a year ago, and I would expect that it would be in uh, preclinical testing and actually tested in humans somewhere, let's see, what year is this? 2020, late 2020 to mid-2021. Okay, and then outside of Organovo, uh, how many other organizations approximately are in the new organ prize? How many are shooting for that? So uh, let's let's back up for a minute, if okay. you don't mind. Um, uh, taking things in order, we we feel that uh, the most important prize at the moment is our partnership with NASA. So we have a half million dollar prize for microvascularity of 3D tissues. So that is the first problem that needs to be solved. When I was telling you about the Organovo tissue, I said it was going to be in the neighborhood of two millimeters thick. That's not very thick. One of the key problems, in fact, the key problem at this stage of the uh, science, if you will, of history, is that uh, once you print or construct tissues above a certain size, they begin to die from the inside out because microvascularization has not uh, happened. So the tissues from the, in the, on the inside begin to be starved of oxygen, nutrients, and uh, clearance of metabolite. So we partnered uh, with NASA to put up a prize to solve that problem. And there's 11 teams competing for this uh, tissue engineering challenge. And of those, two are getting close to uh, actually submitting a, um, I don't know, a candidate to see if they've uh, won the prize. I would not expect the prize to be won this year, but uh, people who are um, well aware of the uh, uh, biology of engineering of organs and any kinds of tissues will recognize that this is the key limit. So I I liken it to the time when people didn't know how to uh, make airplanes and uh, everybody could fly. It was actually easy to fly. But what you couldn't do is fly but not die. And so what the Wright brothers actually invented, most people don't know what they invented. They didn't invent flight. They invented how to control flight. Three-axis control, roll, pitch, yaw, elevators, rudders, and warp wings, and eventually flaps and elevons and things like that. So we're saying that that's the kind of limit that microvascularization will solve for profoundly volumetric tissues. Once that happens, once that problem is solved, then, uh, you know, things can really take off extremely rapidly, really take off. Yes. Okay. So if you, if you look at the timeline for flight, you go for 6,000 years of recorded history where people wanted to fly, but couldn't. Then you had the first flight in 1903, and then you were on the moon in 1969. Went pretty fast. It went pretty fast once that limit was breached. 
Well, let's go back to an older prize now. Uh, the Mouse Prize, mm-hmm. of course, is what the Methuselah Foundation uh, really uh, was well known for a few years back. And I see there's still $1.4 million up for grabs uh, in the Mouse Prize. When mm-hmm. was the last longevity prize won? And how long did that mouse live, if you know? So let's see. Um, I haven't had that question asked in a while, but I think it was 2008, and that was for the rapamycin trial. Okay. Uh, and and the mice lived 15 percent longer than their normal maximum lifespan. So we gave out so far four prizes. Uh, one for a one-off uh, dwarf Ames dwarf Ames mouse which lived almost five years, uh, one for calorie restriction, another one for, I'll just call it joy, and I'll circle back on what that means, and then uh, the final one so far was on uh, the rapamycin trials. Since then, n- nobody has tried to win it, um, and um, honestly, I'm not in a hurry for anyone to win it because I'm focused on humans now. The purpose of that mouse prize was to get people to stop uh, in the in the scientific community to stop keep people from doing the research because they didn't want people to do the research. Do you remember those days? Oh, I do. And so the prize kind of broke the logjam of thinkability. It was now acceptable to think about deliberately intervening scientifically in the process. Whereas before, if you mentioned to somebody in polite company that you you thought that was a good idea, your career was over. So the prize contributed a huge amount, along with Aubrey's uh, awesome uh, work in um, you know sure. his speaking and right. articles and stuff. Speaking so, of that, the advocacy side, you know, Aubrey goes out around the world, of course, and and of course you've done your part as well. Uh, through your years of life extension advocacy, what's the most important lesson you've learned? Patience and diligence, vigilance. Uh, you have to ask the right question and then wait for the answers to appear and not get distracted by shiny objects. Shiny objects that don't solve the problem. Uh, I know that sounds very Confucian and uh, fortune cookie-ish, but uh, while we gave a prize for rapamycin, it did not move the needle sufficiently. We're not trying to slow aging down. We're trying to stop it and reverse it. So rapamycin doesn't do that. Neither does calorie restriction. Those are all perhaps useful things to do in the absence of something that can really make a difference. But the reason that we invested in Organovo uniquely is because it follows our strategy of new parts for people. It's dead simple. I can take a 1903 Rolls-Royce and restore it to new condition if I have enough money. But try to do that with a 1903 human. Why can't you do it? There are no new parts for people. So we invested in Organovo, and probably in 2021, there will be the world's first new parts for people, the liver patch. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, now, yeah, you mentioned that uh, coming up in a couple of years, perhaps we'll have that liver patch. 
what else can people look forward to from the Methuselah Foundation, say, this upcoming year in 2018? Are you sponsoring any conferences? Do you have any new initiatives uh, that are on the table? So we're focusing at the moment on uh, company formation. You're, are you familiar with Ocean Biotech? Yes, yes, I have read about it. analytics company? Okay, so we were the first investor to help that one get started, and it has proven very successful as far as we can see all the way up through um, non-human primate pilot testing. We just spun out a company, Ocean Oncology, A friend of mine had stage four prostate cancer, and so we did a pilot study uh, a couple of years ago to see whether um, the uh, platform that Ocean was using could identify, target, and ablate not senescent cells, but prostate cancer cells. And the short and sweet answer is yes, it can. And so I think it was just last month, Ocean Oncology was announced. So that is a big deal, and I'm very excited and very proud for Ocean at the progress that they've made. Uh, We have a conference coming up in uh, the first week of March at uh, NASA Ames, and that's uh, near where the Singularity uh, University is. And uh, this one will be on working with uh, government and academia to further develop our uh, new organ tissue engineering roadmap, uh, getting Uh, the government aware of what's going on in this space. And uh, it's uh, co-sponsored by the National Science Foundation. They help fund it. So we're excited about that. And ask me another question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, that sounds like a a lot of uh, things to keep your plate full during uh, 2018. And I hope uh, some people perhaps are able to attend uh, your conference, or at least they should keep an eye on some of the uh, companies that you've helped started uh, through the next year. And uh, here's wishing you the best of luck at the Methuselah Foundation, continued advocacy, and continued successful fundraising. Uh, Thanks, Dave, for coming on Longevity Now. My pleasure. Thanks, Justin. What was the most interesting thing you heard in this interview? If you are a passionate supporter of Life Extension, it is incredible to hear Dave not talking so much about slowing aging and quote-unquote life extension, but rather about rejuvenation. Way to go, Methuselah Foundation. Let's keep the ball rolling in 2018. Until next time, I'm Justin Lowe.